This is. This is. This is. Greater Boston. This is Chuck Octagon for News 7 Boston, reporting live from Boylston Street Station in Redline. Commuter service has just been restored in the wake of Redline's incorporating referendum, which transformed this once essential segment of Boston's failing transit system into a bizarre and ill-conceived failing city. I'll be talking to commuters passing through Redline on the first day of service about their commuting experience. Excuse me, ma'am. Can I ask you about your commute? Yes, you may. Uh, how was it? It was unpleasant. In what way? There were these people there trying to tell me what to do. Do you mean the people in the red vests? Da. Those are city employees. They're supposed to help you figure out what to do. Yes, that is so. And what was unpleasant about that? Well, they kept talking to me. You know, ma'am, welcome to Redline. Ma'am, can I help you through the turnstiles like I am crippled? Ma'am, would you like a cup of tea? Ma'am, can I offer you a seat here in the reserved section? Ma'am, here is the latest issue of Metro if you would like something to read on your commute. Ma'am, I hope you enjoy your trip. It was all just terrible. I couldn't sit down. There weren't any seats. You mean like in a big red car? No, the chairs were there, but no seats. Like the upholstery was gone. It happened after the referendum, right? Some guy went through a bunch of the trains, stealing all the seat covers. Well, I was in one of those cars. They haven't replaced the seat covers, so it's just this open, nasty plastic. A couple of people tried sitting on it, but when they got up, they had grease stains all over their pants, like they sat on a mechanic or something. After that, we all kept clear, but as the train filled up, it got harder and harder. Eventually, to make room, while trying to not actually touch the seats, those of us standing closest just had to hold onto the hand loops and kind of dangle over the seats. Yeah, my back is killing me. I... I was very confused. About what? What? What confused What? You? Why were you confused? There, there were photographs of children all over the walls, and I didn't recognize any of them. They were somebody else's grandkids, that's for sure. You know, not, not a one of them was mine. I think, I think one of them might have been that kid from the show. You know, the one, Fred Sausage. That was a nice show. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Well, um, my name is Timothy. Timothy Dane Brisbane. The thing about being named Timothy is that trains are naturally going to be very interesting to you. There's just no helping it. Timothys are just drawn to trains. <laughs> and so, of course, I was first in line to get on the train this morning. As soon as the doors slid open at 5.33 a.m., I was right there, ready to slip inside. First one boarding. By 5.34, I was pressed all the way to the back of the wall on the other side of the crush of people behind me. It was very crowded. And the thing about being a Dane Brisbane is that it's very difficult to deal with large masses of people. Dane Brisbane's are accustomed to having our own space, even in trains. We own a lot of trains. Fortunately, I'd brought my pepper spray. (laughs) Hmm. Anyway, that is why the first train ended up not leaving the station until 6.47 a.m. All right. No, I don't actually take the train. I just come down here, you know, to watch the crazies. You ever come down here and just watch people? 
they get on the trains, they get off the trains, they do the craziest things. Sometimes, like a train is full and everybody still wants to get on the train and it's like, hey buddy, the train's full, you can't get on. But they keep trying, just pushing and shoving and, and then the door closes and he's not on the train. <laughs> People do the craziest things, makes me laugh. It was exactly as I expected, exactly as we predicted in the all-knowing pages of Political Prognostication magazine. The astrology rag? Sir, how dare you? Political prognostication is not a rag of any sort. It is a dependable window into the future of our local and national system of governance. We said Redline's first day of services would be a chaotic mess, and it was. We said everyone would ultimately get where they needed to be, and they did. We predicted that acting mayor Charlotte Linzer Coolidge would provide adequate rudimentary leadership during the interim period before the selection of a proper mayor, and she has. Has your two-bit local news media proven half so accurate in your reading of the city's future? Did you even accurately predict that the referendum would pass? Well, to be fair, polling never suggested that the referendum had any kind of real polling? chance to... Polling? Holcomb! Pseudoscience! We have no need of your polling claptrap. We have the power of true divination. No comment. You have no comment on your commute? I'm sorry. I'm not a disinterested party. I work for the city. In what capacity? I'm acting Mayor Linzer Coolidge's assistant. You work directly with the mayor? I've been trying to get a sit-down with her for weeks. Well, Mr. Octagon, she's been very busy, as I'm sure you can imagine. But if you give me an hour to get into work and consult her schedule, I'd be happy to see if I can arrange an interview. That would be great. Thank you. It might not be soon, mind you. Like I said, she's very busy. Running the city is a complex task, but she does want to address the press just as soon as is prudent. Be patient, and I'll be sure that you're the first one to see her. Why me? In all of your coverage, you've never said anything shitty about her parenting. I'm not interested in her parenting. There's no story there. Good. That's why you're getting the interview. Greater Boston is written and produced by Alexander Danner and Jeff Van Driesen. This episode featured Jeff Van Driesen as Chuck Octagon, Tanya Milojevic as Yelena and Melissa Weatherby, Michael Melia as Phil, Mike Linden as Walter and Marlo, James Oliva as Timothy Dane Brisbane, and James Kapovienko as Extinction Event Poletti. Charlie on the MTA demo track recorded by Emily Peterson and Dirk Tiedi. And some listening recommendations to carry you through the final weeks of our hiatus. Hadron Gospel Hour is a tremendously funny sci-fi about the scientist who accidentally doomed the multiverse and the hapless crew helping him to put the pieces back together. The Penumbra Podcast is an anthology show primarily featuring the wonderful sci-fi noir adventures of Juno Steele. This show gets deep into questions of love and trust among scoundrels and mercenary heroes. Just keeps getting better and better. Secrets, Crimes, and Audio Tape is an especially polished anthology show hosted by David Reinstrom of Radio Drama Revival. These productions are sophisticated and fascinating. Check out their story, Severed Threads, an especially complex narrative of choices that reverberate across years and continents. Then be back in three weeks for the epic recap that will lead into Season 2. Greater Boston returns in January. 
This is Chuck Octeon for News 7 Boston, reporting live from Boylston Street Station in Redline, where computer service has just been restored in the wake of Redline's incorporating referendum, which transformed to Jesus Christ, Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> News copy's not written like this. It transformed to Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, the sentence doesn't okay. end. I revise that. There's also a typo in the very beginning. Uh, of course. This is Chuck Octeon for News 7 Boston, reporting live Boylston Street Station. <laughs> in Redline where commuter service has just been restored in the wake of Redline's incorporating referendum, which transformed this the this once essential segment of Boston's failing transit system into a bizarre and ill-conceived failing city. <laughs> That's going to take some work. My name is Yelena. I hate my life. Get me off this train, please. I think Yelena might be coming back. <laughs> the Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you into the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imagining. Our story begins with two erstwhile companions on a long and winding road. They think they are fleeing danger, but greater horror awaits them when they arrive. For they are not just running away from mortal danger, but towards the Mythos Mysteries. Whoever you are, we're not scared of you. You hear a voice from inside that says, Please, help. I'm inside the dresser, help. Now I need you to listen to my very explicit instructions here, Adrian. Okay. Please ready your punching fists. Yeah, they're always ready. Now I'm going (laughs) to... I'm going to open the door. Okay. And we're going to look inside the dresser. What if we don't? Could we not? (laughs) I need you to be brave for me. Okay. You were always very brave. Okay, okay. So we're going to open the door and you're going to look in the dresser and then what? And then if I tell you to, we're going to punch it. The dresser? (laughs) (laughs) You said I had to be very, you said explicit. If there is someone in the dresser. I'm punching. We're going to punch him. What if it's a ghost? Well, then we're going to have ourselves a fun time. Like a party? (laughs) Like a birthday party. Okay, so we'll do some dancing and there will be a cake. Hopefully the ghost brought it. Yes. Okay, I can do this. Okay. I'm going to open the door now. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to open the door. You open the door and the dresser is back upright. All the drawers are back inside. But now it is next to the window, and the bed is in a different corner. Of course it is. And the blood is pooling on the floor instead of the ceiling. It's dripping up. The Mythos Mysteries. Episodes are available now.